we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3 this morning, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17, and the title is Profitable, Profitable, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And as you turn there, uh, most people uh, in America like profit, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I wish I made no money from that garage sale. You know, I've, I've never heard anyone say, I, I wish I got paid less of my job. Why are they giving me a bonus? Like, I don't need it. Yeah, I've never heard anyone say, I wish we had less money in the bank. We just have so much, right? I mean, let's be real. People in life, they want to make a profit when they work or invest or improve something or sell something. I mean, I heard a story of a little girl who, she had a lemonade stand, right? And she actually made $130 in the first hour. $130. And after a little bit of investigation, her parents realized that people were just giving her five, tens, and $20 bills, right? And instead of giving them change, she would just say, oh, thank you so much. And she would just keep the money. And they fell back. She's a little girl with a lemonade stand. They're like, okay. And so she made, she made top dollars. She made a huge profit. But as we look at the Word of God, like it's so profitable in so many ways, and the Apostle Paul highlights just a few ways that it is profitable. I mean, first of all, the Word of God is profitable because it's from God to His children. And we're going to see as well that the Word of God is complete. In other words, it's settled in heaven. It's pure. It is a complete work or canon from our Creator. It feels good when things are complete, right? You like to complete things? Like, projects or, or hobbies or, you know, to-do lists, getting them done. You know, I had a friend who would always tell me every time I clean my car, it just, it just runs better. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't actually run better, right? But it's cleaned out, you got that done, and it feels better to, to be done with that goal. But the Word of God is complete. It's all here, all truth. And in Deuteronomy and Revelation, it says not to add or take away from this book, or there will be consequences. And so the Word of God is profitable and it's complete. And we're going to see a couple points today. Number one, Scripture is given by God and it's profitable. And number two, Scripture is complete. And I love these two verses, and I just wanted to expound upon them um, as one solid teaching, because one of my goals in life, I feel like, is to help people understand the Bible, but also to help them realize that it's not too complicated to read, study, and dig into as a believer. Like, when the word is closed, it can be intimidating. You can be like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of pages, you know? I don't know if I can understand it. I don't know if I'll be able to get it. You know, it's a long book. It's probably complicated material. But that's simply not true. God wants his kids to understand, to grasp, and to believe, and to live his word out. Right? He didn't purposely make it too complicated and give us puzzles and codes and escape rooms in order to try to understand it. Right? If... If I did not get a math tutor in college, I would have not graduated college. Like, but my wise wife, you know, said, you're dumb. And, no, she didn't tell me that. <laughs> I'm kidding. She didn't tell me that. No, she was like, get a tutor. So I got a tutor, and I was so thankful. He made it so easy to understand. I'm like, oh, it's a lot easier than I thought, right? Uh, he made it easy, and I passed all my class. I graduated, right? And my dad was happy. But from Galatians, we know that the law is our tutor to bring us to Christ, and God's word brings clarity. Psalm 119.30 says, The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. God has made, you know, the Lord has made his word easy enough for a young child to understand the tenets of the faith. 
Like we do a family devotion with our daughters, with our two daughters, which I recommend for, for husbands because you're the spiritual leaders of the home. The men should step up and lead spiritually, truly biblical. Uh, that's God's truth. It's not my opinion. But I lead us in a family devotion. I'm taking us through the whole Bible. We get to Genesis. You know, we're in Genesis now. And guess what? My seven and eight-year-old daughters, they understand it. And there's certain truths and words maybe I need to expound upon or define, but they understand the general foundations and tenets of the faith. And so I would say, let's not dismiss children that we just prayed for from, from grasping the truths from God's word because they do understand them. Like when I hear testimonies of adults who grew up in church, it's sad because oftentimes they're like, oh yeah, I just, we, all we did was you know, play a game, we colored, we had fun, that, that's it. But they didn't, get, they didn't get the word of God. And you don't drop your kids off in the back, like here, to get babysat or go, you know, they go over a lesson, they pray, they, they fellowship, they, they get understanding in God's word. And I love what my daughters share with me what they, when they learned at church. They always do that. And like I'll be talking to them about biblical account even, you know, and they finish explaining it to me. They go, oh, I, I know that. And then like they interrupt me and I stop and they tell me like the, the whole thing. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like if my kids are going to interrupt me, I want them to interrupt me with, by explaining the word of God. That's fine. That's to interrupt me all day long. Um, but so thank you to those even who invest in our kids here and care about the next generation. Who, who's gonna, they're going to rise up and they're going to take our places in this world. So the word of God is both simple, it's profound, it's understandable, it's powerful. And yes, the more we observe, interpret, and apply, the more truth becomes clear, the more our calling becomes clear, and the more life becomes clear. No doubt. And I could, I could pull a Paul and stand up here for hours and just read scripture, you know, like he did when Eutychus fell asleep and fell out of the window. He read like for six hours, but, uh, but I'm not going to do that. But I am going to read a little bit about scripture from scripture. So even before we get into these two verses about the profitability of scripture, let me read you uh, Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thought and intentions of the heart. So God's word exposes our spiritual health. It exposes our weakness with such accuracy. It pinpoints thing, things in us that are not of the Lord. And it exposes our weaknesses and, and difficulties and struggles and compromises. And, and we submit to the Word of God, not just for intellectual gain. We submit to it because it's the avenue in which God meets us and speaks to us. It's living and active. Like when something is active, it's in constant motion. You know, there's some commercial, I don't remember what medication it was for, I don't know, but it always, always stuck with me. A body in motion stays in motion. Have you heard that? It's <laughs> no commercial. Um, but the Word of God, it's active, it's, 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 it moves, it's, it's alive. And, and a doctor may say, you know, hey, you need to be more active. So go on walks or go to the gym or mow your lawn in the midst of the summer in the deep south and you'll lose five pounds. But be active, be active so you'll be healthy, better circulation, live longer, all that stuff. The Word of God is active, and it leads to spiritual health, but only if we pick it up and read it and get into it. You know, Bible on your phone is fine, but I, my, my old pastor and even Chuck Smith always encouraged people, get a real Bible, you know? N not that your Bible on your phone is not real. It used to be a manuscript. We don't bring manuscripts to church, right? But I, I love the Bible, the onion skin pages turning, like the sound. I like everything. It's just I'm, I'm in love with the Word of God because God wrote it to me and to you. The word cuts, it convicts if we're teachable and vulnerable. 
And the thing is, pride is the primary roadblock from being teachable from God's Word. Some people sit in church and cherry-pick what they want to accept and what they want to reject, right? They'll tune out the hard stuff and hone in on the feel-good stuff. And the Bible is not some like self-help message. Not even close. Like Self-help books do one thing. They make a person selfish. <laughs> right? But they make one focus on self. You're not focusing on the Lord when you read those things. You're like, oh, so I need to look in the mirror and I need to... Like, it's all about self. It's self-absorption. And it's like one of the biggest sections in the bookstore, if whatever bookstores are left in this world now. But, and they make you focus on self. And maybe I'm stepping on a few toes concerning this, but... What I truly just want to relay is that we have a book that helps, that heals, that mends, that restores, that saves souls, that changes hearts, that refines lives. We have the scripture, which is not about self-help. It's about asking God for help because he's the only one who can help. And see, that's the difference. That's the difference. Tony, Tony Robbins isn't going to lead me to spiritual growth or a saved soul. I might feel good, but I'm not going to spiritually grow. But the word of God will. The word of God, it cuts and then it heals because God knows how to do surgery, how to take out the part in our heart, parts in our heart that are not of him. See, the amazing spiritual work that God does is far more than just learning some stories and getting some like simple education, right? Let me just give you a few results of what God's word does, according to God's word again. Now, these truths of what God's word does, they're from the scripture, but I'm just going to give you like the truths because I want to get... The two, to the two verses we're looking at this morning eventually. So, the, his word, according to his word, it brings true health, it brings healing, it has the power to rescue from oppression, he, his word cleanses, it helps us to keep focused, and helps to keep us from sin. God's word is a treasure and a counselor, and it's our source of strength. The scripture gives us light so that we can know where to go and what to do. God's word brings peace and rest. His word contains the truth that leads to eternal life, and it brings sanctification. I'm just going to stop right there, but there are so many like, beautiful, life-changing results from getting into and staying into the word of God. It's not a chore to read the scriptures. It is a blessing, and it illuminates our calling and path in life. So, scripture is given by God and profitable, and scripture is complete. So let's pray, and then we'll get into the word. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for... This morning, we thank you for your word. We just thank you, Lord, that it's, we get that rhema word, that word that speaks personally, directly to our hearts, to our situations, to where we're at in life, Lord. And we just thank you that you speak to us as a church as well. And we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us as a church, Lord, that we would stand our ground in saying we'd stand for you, stand firm in the faith, Lord, no matter what, that nothing would stop us from singing and praising you, nothing would stop us from praying to you, nothing would stop us from meeting together and getting into your word and seeing what you have to say to us, Lord. So we pray, Lord, that you would just speak loud and clear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me just read you verse 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. Scripture is given by God and it's profitable. I love the word here, all scripture. What does all mean? Well, in the Greek, all means all writing, which all means all. So remember, Paul was writing to Timothy who was taught the Hebrew scriptures when he was a kid. 
Paul wasn't referring to those specific scriptures, or else he would have said, you know, those childhood scriptures that you learned when you were a kid? No. Paul altered his wording here. Why? Because he clearly recognized that what the prophets and the apostles actually brought to the surface as far as truth was also scripture, and this is kind of amazing. They recognized it was God-breathed. See, the prophets and the apostles didn't speak for themselves. They, they didn't ha- you know, have divine opinions or viewpoints. They had and they were given divine revelation by the inspiration of God. Paul recognized that Jesus had, what, what Jesus had said about the Holy Spirit, and he would speak to the apostles and lead them in all truth. So here's a few clues that really demonstrate that Paul knew that God was bringing the New Testament through the prophets and the apostles in the first century. Paul actually had the churches read his letters in public, just like the Hebrew scriptures would be read in public. And this epistle, you know, these epistles were read in public as they were densely theological and very doctrinal. So also Paul called his own message the Word of God in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Now, either Paul was arrogant or he had some clear info from the Lord about the future of the New Testament. Right now, we don't think Paul was arrogant or always prideful, nor was he pushing his own agenda to get his letters to the world. He's like, you know what? I'm trying to be a published author here. No, Paul wasn't like, how can I be well known? How can I get my words into the world and show people, right? What I'm saying is totally on point. No, these Two words should never go together. And if they do, there's a problem. And you've probably heard it, especially on social media. The two words that should never be joined are celebrity pastor, right? (laughs) Celebrity pastor. Oh, no, like a pastor is a servant. Pastor means minister, which means servant. Pastors are servants. Thank you. Sorry, uh, every time I realize mowing my lawn gives me really bad allergies, so... Um, A pastor is a servant and called to teach and preach the word of God, to feed the sheep, to care for the flock. You know, celebrity pastor. That term, it already takes focus off of Jesus, the title itself, and it puts it on personality. And if a church is based on personality rather than on the person and work of Christ, that church will be way off point. So from from the content of Paul's words, he did not want to self-promote. Right? He wanted to, to constantly preach the gospel, to preach Christ crucified, and to relay the reality of the truth. Think of this. In 1 Timothy 5.18, Paul actually combined quotes from the Old Testament and words that Jesus said from Luke 10.7, and he called them both scripture. Like, again, I don't know about you, but this is mind-blowing and pretty amazing to me. These guys' new scripture was being written in real time. And I just love this because it shows that during the apostolic times, the apostles and prophets were totally aware that the Lord God was compiling more scripture to add to the Old Testament. They knew that some of these writings in their day were God-breathed and inspired. Now, remember, the person was not inspired. The word was inspired. Right? And this is the thing. It is, it is just, the word is, it flows through flawed vessels to produce God's perfect word. You know, even Peter had a mind to think this way during the first century. Peter, who failed because of denying Jesus, but then he was restored. He preached the word, thousands were saved. Peter actually includes Paul's writings under the heading of Scripture. So by the end of this study, we should realize the importance of the Word of God and the benefits of getting into it regularly, right? So let's let's see what Paul lists as far as what's profitable about the Word of God. Number one, it's profitable for doctrine, doctrine, which means teaching the truth in which they cannot otherwise know. 
Some synonyms for doctrine are creed, beliefs, tenets, articles of the faith, canon, precepts, thesis. Doctrine or our set of beliefs is all contained in the scriptures. There's not another gospel of Jesus Christ. That's completely heretical. There's not the Bible and a specific book of church traditions that have to be followed to be saved. There's not Jesus and, right? Doctrine means our set of beliefs. The word is profitable for giving and gaining truth. Because when someone wants to know what we believe, it's already written down. We don't have to make anything up. We should never do that, right? We should point them to the word of God. That's why if someone always says, well, I think, I mean, it's great. Opinions are fine. Like opinions help us a lot of the time. But instead of, I think all the time, I think, I think, I think, God says. That's really the, the preface for everything. Like, like, listen to that. God says. The Word says. It's a, doctrine is not secret either. It, it's to be preached and taught. Preaching is for the unbeliever. Teaching is for the believer. And I'm so thankful God saw fit to put me in a Calvary Chapel years ago where I'm not preached at every Sunday. Right? Like I, I, For the believers, we, we get so... We get taught so we can grow and bear fruit, right? Like, I don't have to get, go to church every Sunday and get resaved. Oh, there's a salvation message again. There's a gospel message again. I have to get resaved every week. No. But we get into it. We dig into it. We don't just stay on the surface. We go, okay, what does this mean? Why does it say this? What is this about? And here's the thing, and I don't mean any offense by this, I promise. <laughs> but it's not like I study to bless you. <laughs> you know, I don't study to bless you, but the Lord speaks to me as I daily dig into the scriptures, and it blesses me. It helps me greatly to be able to study every day all week long. And I'm glad that people are blessed and hear from the Lord, but I'm like, man, it, it touches me and, and it helps me. I need to be in it all the time. I want to be in it all the time. Not only does God's word help, it also sometimes hurts, Right? And you guys know that. You've been walking with the Lord for any length of time. You know sometimes God's word confronts things that you're trying to ignore. Right? You ever have a surgery and you felt the pain during? Or if you put to sleep, you wake up and you go, ow. Like, things, everything hurts. It's not that fun. You know, it's not that fun to be in pain. Like, I had carpal tunnel on both my hands years ago, and, and they did surgery on it. And it hurt and was sore, and I, I, like, it, was, it was difficult, right? And it hurt. But it had, I had to go through that pain in order for healing to happen. And so this is one of the ways God's word is profitable, right? Because sometimes it hurts. It, can, it makes us confront things that we're like, I don't want to deal with that. But God's like, no, you're going to deal with that. Okay. Conviction, repentance, freedom. Guilt is gone. Deal, dealing with those things as God brings them up from his word. It's so important. It's profitable for that. It's profitable for reproof, which means refutation or convicting the erring of their error. Like if we are actually going through the whole Bible, guess what? You're going to get your toes stepped on. Like we're going to get our toes stepped on. Like um, what does that mean? Well, let me, just, let me just read a verse that really describes how God's word convicts and cuts to the heart. I'm going to read you an amplified version though. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of your nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. 
And so God's word causes us to confront things in our hearts that are not of him, that are compromises, that are areas where liberty has turned into transgression. God's word exposes and shines light on the innermost part of who we are. It shows where we are in error, and that's a good thing. I'd, I'd say that is extremely profitable to the person who wants refinement and spiritual growth. Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher, said, I don't preach the word of God until it first bites me, until it bites me. Like the word of God, the scripture has teeth in a sense. Like the word, it's profitable for reproof only if a person is willing to repent. There are two instances in Acts where the statement, cut to the heart, is used. The first one is in Acts 754. Remember Stephen, who was preaching to the religious leaders? He was in court, and they were, uh, they were cut to the heart hearing him preach truth. They were convicted by the truth that Stephen was preaching, and they did not repent. What they did was drag Stephen out, of the court, outside, and being questioned for his faith, and they stoned him to death. They took his life. These guys were convicted of the truth, but instead of turning to the Lord and repenting, they turned to anger, and they sinned and took action based on that sin, which was murder. They were cut to the heart, but what followed was transgression, which means willing sin. I know what's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. But then in Acts 2.37, back up a little bit, after Peter preached, thousands in the crowd, same thing, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. They were convicted. They asked, what shall we do? You know what the first thing Peter said to, to do was since the people were convicted? He said, repent. <laughs> he said, repent. Without repentance, conviction will lead to sin. And another way in which the word of God is profitable, correction. Setting one right. Correction here means setting something upright that has fallen down. Setting it upright. And this is what God's statutes and precepts do, right? They, they set our minds right. They bend our hearts towards the eternal. They lift us up and they show us the way to go. Hebrews 12.6 tells us that for those who the Lord loves, he disciplines. So without correction, how will we grow spiritually? And the kids that are in here, the, 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 the reason why you might get in trouble and grounded and everything like get in trouble is because your parents want the best for you. They, they discipline you because they want the best for you. They want you to walk in the right ways. They're preparing you for the real world out there. Without correction, how are we going to grow spiritually? Well, in marriage, we aren't called to point out everything the other person does wrong all the time or else we'll be like walking on eggshells and that's no way to live. But it is healthy for refinement within a marriage or a friendship when we help to bring issues to the surface, not to condemn the other person, but to help them. With the right attitude and tone, one believer can lovingly help another believer see something from like an outside perspective so they can help them. God's word does this for us. It sets, it sets us straight. It picks us up and sets us upright when we've fallen, only if we're teachable. And the, the next thing it says is instruction in righteousness, which means disciplining, training and instruction, warning, example, promises, and, uh, and chastisements. So God's word, it's filled with God's promises that gives us instructions in this life. Right? I love God's word because it is an instruction manual for living how God intended us to live. You know, the Bible is not an instruction manual that you get 
that is incredibly complicated and overwhelms you from the first page on. One of my friends used to do that for a living. He used to go to different stores and look at the manual and put all these things together for displays. Right? He said it was not fun. He said the reason why it was not fun is because a lot of those instruction manuals, they're, like, they're English, but they're like a foreign language. He has no clue. He has to figure out how to interpret these things. They're difficult. But God's Word is a set of clear and transparent instructions for, for dying, for living, for character, for godliness, for refinement, for life, for eternal life. You open, you open God's Word to get instructions from God. And, and we have to be open to receiving instructions from God, right? This is what Paul is telling Timothy, and this is what the Lord really is telling every single believer, that you open it to understand it. It's profitable for all of these things. So make sure that your life is adhering to the living word. And the second point is scripture is complete. Verse 17. It says, man of God. Remember, obviously Paul was writing to Timothy, right? So he says, man of God specifically. But again, remember, Paul is writing this letter to encourage and exhort Timothy in the Lord and in his word. So what Paul is writing is to be relayed to others. So these truths about Scripture are in context specifically for Timothy, but generally for all believers. And on that note, an unhealthy action of a believer is hearing a message. And I don't, you don't have to tell me if you did this or not, but, but a lot of us can be guilty of it, okay? Hearing a message and thinking, man, that's great for my wife. You know? Man, that submit part, I hope she's listening right now. You know, or the wife goes, wow, I love your wife as Christ loved the church. I hope my husband's taking notes, you know. <laughs> um, or that message was custom tailored for that bitter Christian. I'm going to send them the message with the title, why not to be bitter, <laughs> right? Like we think sometimes instead of taking in the word and integrating it into our hearts and lives, we kind of deflect it and go, that would be great for all of these people that are way less spiritual than me. No, like... Don't get me wrong, my, my wife and I, we hear sermons and share scripture with one another, but remember that hearing God's word is for the building up and edification of the hearers individually. It's for you, it's for me, right? And in a real sense, we are to personalize the word of God because it's for every single Christ follower. Complete, it says, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So whether a person is a minister or a child of God being a light in life, they are given all they need through the perfect word of God to be effective for eternity. And Paul will, will get into how we must be equipped and ready to talk about the word of God with others in chapter 4. We're going to get into that next week. Um, but just remember, like all scripture, and you guys know this, I'm preaching to the choir, but we need to be reminded because sometimes we go everywhere else except for the word of God for wisdom, for counsel, for, for help. And we're like, wait a second, I went everywhere else and I got all these different opinions, right? It's kind of like I had a friend who went to a couple different doctors for uh, opinions and got completely opposite, <laughs> completely opposite answers. And he's like, I don't even know what to do. This, they said this, they said the complete opposite. Well, we go to the word of God and it stays the same. Jesus stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so this is the same word and it speaks to our hearts and it helps us and leads us and guides us and brings clarity. So may we be a people who are in the word of God, right? And about the word of God. Instead of saying, well, I think, instead of saying, I think all the time, say, well, God says. This is what he says. I'm, that's Okay, the culture says this, but this is completely opposite. So I'm going to go ahead and say no to the culture and yes to God. 
So all scripture is given by God. All scripture is profitable. It's amazing. 